Hello, Ethan. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you pretty well. Cool. Let's have a couple of minutes more to wait for people coming. Yeah. Yeah, so let's begin. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Decentralized Volume 6, the DeFi Expert Talks hosted by French Finance. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google, and Amazon podcasts, as well as YouTube and many more. My name is Konstantin Shurokov, and I will be your host today for a conversation with an outstanding guest. Meet Ethan Kachka, uh, the ecosystem builder of B-Protocol and RiskDAO. Hello, Ethan. Hey, Konstantin, thanks for having me today. Also with us, Brian Passfield, uh, the CTO of Fringe Finance. Hello, Brian. Are you with us? Hello, everyone. And Ethan, thanks very much for joining today. We're, it's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to listening to what you have to say. Thanks. Happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, let's start with a brief introduction. Ethan, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Um, so, yes, I'm Itan. I'm leading uh, the ecosystem growth and development in B Protocol and also in RiskDAO. Um, started my crypto journey back in 2014. Um, did a, a few, uh, led a few projects, met uh, Yaron Vellner, uh, who's the founder of, uh, of B Protocol and uh, a lead contributor to RiskDAO back in 2017 while we were working on a project together for um, with the Toyota Research Institute, uh, the automobile company. Um, then Yaron went on to found Kyber, Kyber Network. Um, and we met again in mid-2020 after uh, Yaron founded B Protocol. And I joined him um, for the role that I'm, I'm doing since then. Um, kind of dinosaurs in, uh, in crypto, in DeFi specifically. It feels sometimes, but um, yeah, um, I don't know if that's the time to briefly um, say something about you know what B protocol is and risk DAO. Do you want to take that later? Yeah, sure. You said that you joined the space in two thousand fourteen, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, we wow. we founded together, um, myself and a few other um, friends. We founded one of the first DAOs and uh, one of the first DApps. Uh, it was a, a car pulling up on top of the Bitcoin blockchain back then. Um, yeah, things that have lost gone, but um, yeah, that's um, been been through a few cycles. <laughs> So, so you know I think too about being super early <laughs> in the emerging trends. Yes, yes, definitely learned that uh, on my flesh. I have I have some scars. Yeah, uh, let's follow the, that angle that you have mentioned. Uh, so, what is Risk DAO, and what are the relationships between Risk DAO and B Protocol, and what is B Protocol? So, stage is yours for that. Yeah, thanks. Um, so as I mentioned, B Protocol started in 2020, um, basically kind of as a as a result after Black Thursday um, in March 2020, markets crashed, and in DeFi specifically, um, liquidations in some lending platforms didn't actually work um, as they were anticipated, and. Yaron back then, uh, he just left Kyber a few months before that and was working on um, in the liquidation uh, bot space, kind of uh, consulting some companies. And it, there was a suspicion that you know, some of the mechanisms there won't hold. Uh, and actually that, that you know, Black Thursday came in and actually showed that this is actually the case. And this is where uh, I decided to actually start, you know, try and build something that will help DeFi grow in a more um, secure, more robust way with a new liquidation mechanic. Um, so this is where B Protocol actually started. Um, we launched in October 2020. We basically, B stands for backstop. Uh, it's a, a backstop liquidity protocol. Um, and about a year later, we changed, we kind of launched our V2. Uh, which is basically what BProco has been doing since then, is uh, providing uh, liquidity for liquidations, um, held over 300 million TVL uh, in, in the last, you know, at, at the peak of the last bull run. Um, but after discussing for nearly two years with lending platforms, um, you know, to provide them with a solution um, for something that can en enable them both a better capital efficient um, um, results on their own lending platform and also keeping their lenders more safe uh, with a better liquidation. Liquidations for those who are not familiar with you know the bits and bytes of lending platform is one of the one of the core aspects of actually um, you know keeping a lending platform uh, um, solvent. Um, and we realized that many are just not familiar. This is a very unique intersection. You know the. The crypto and and you know, DeFi in general, and we realized something is missing there. Like we came up with a solution, and many weren't really um, didn't really under, um, understand what the problem was. Uh, and this is where Risk DAO came to life. Risk DAO is basically it's a sub DAO, a service DAO, uh, launched by B Protocol and a few other partners. Among them, the research arm of One KX Network which are also uh, lead investors, uh, Latribu, uh, dev team, and, and a few others, um, to, provide, uh, to provide risk assessment and risk management services. 
Um, so Risk DAO is basically it's a service DAO. It's revenue driven. Uh, we provide services, but we also build open source tools for the broader community. Uh, one of the more known of them is the Bed Depth dashboard that Risk DAO uh, published uh, nearly a year ago, uh, where users and and platforms themselves can track uh, how how much bed debt uh, accrued in a specific protocol. Um, so yeah, this is kind of what B protocol and risk DAO relationships uh, uh, are today. And in the last really over six months now, we've been working kind of on broadening, getting a, a wider scope of risk management in BFI. We see B protocol goal and vision is to actually enable a more secure, more safe environment for DeFi to scale, specifically within the lending. Uh, um, space, which is our kind of niche where we are, uh, where we specialize, but you no, know, over collateral stables and, and many other perps, you know, all, all of them have uh, a very similar angles to that. So we are working on a new thing. Uh, I hope to have time to elaborate a little bit more about it um, later today, uh, which is a risk oracle trying to automate some of the very manual and off-chain processes that risk management today in DeFi actually uh, are managed by and try to put them more aligned with the DeFi ethos, which we are all trying to build toward, uh, which is you know automated, self-executable, uh, no human intervention, uh, and basically neutral. Um, so this is what we are building and working on uh, these days. Am I understanding correctly that one of the services that you are offering to the protocols is your, you know, risk uh, assessment model that you apply to their product? Yeah. Uh, and can you explain how risk DAOs, that uh, risk assessment model, differs from uh, existing models used in DeFi ecosystem? To, pre to prepare for, for our space, I have read uh, Data Extrapolation Framework for Risk Assessment of DeFi Lending Platforms. It was a very detailed Definitely. report. It was, it was not an easy read for me. <laughs> the, the, the full report, the, the 20 plus pages report, or the shorter, medium uh, post on that? <laughs> uh, the full, the full one. <laughs> wow. Well done. Um, so yeah, maybe. so yeah. Coming back to the question, uh, it was how uh, risk down uh, model differs searches from actually already working on that in the market. Yeah. So so I'm not part of the uh, of you know, the GigaBrain team uh, of the quants and researchers that were working uh, with risk down on all that. Um, I'm I'm doing the you know the partnership and the business. BizDev, but I'll be very happy to kind of give the higher, um, kind of high-level uh, perspective on you know how RiskDAO is doing their um, the risk assessment, and it is kind of unique because um, there are a few other frameworks out there today. Um, you know, to name a few, Gauntlet, uh, which definitely led, still leading maybe you know with the the ecosystem in in that aspect, um, who's doing you know the risk for both Compound and Ave. Um, Chaos Labs uh, are also uh, kind of a, a newer uh, company that uh, came around about a year ago, maybe a bit more, um, doing kind of similar work to what Gauntlet is doing. Um, Block Analytica is also a name uh, working coming out from MakerDAO. Um, and RiskDAO in that, in that perspective is 
taking a bit of a different angle to the risk assessment process. Um, most of the services today are looking at a, a kind of an, what is called an agent-based um, modeling, trying to figure out according to user behavior uh, what's going to happen um, you know, if things change in the market. Um, we take a more of a mathematical approach. Um, we're looking at um, actual data um, you know, actual data, we look at the prices and the liquidation that will happen if, you know, a, a price change happened. Um, so we simulate, uh, basically doing the stress test at the back end to actually see what's going to happen uh, within the liquidations uh, framework, like how many liquidations uh, will happen, uh, what the price impact will be on that, and will the, uh, the platform remain solvent or some bad debt will accrue. Uh, of course, there are a lot of assumptions that need to be taken uh, along along the the way, but a few things that are different between you know how RiskDAO is actually working. First of all, everything is open source, so our framework, everything is you know uh, is open source. There are no black boxes, so anyone can actually you know take what we're building and you know try and um, you know figure out if ever, anything is is wrong there. Um, unfortunately, that is not the case with many of the other. Uh, while working in this space, um, and we are definitely trying to push the whole ecosystem into using more open, transparent uh, ways of you know doing the risk, uh, the risk management uh, in in DeFi. Um, but I think this is kind of the main the main thing. We actually take simulation, we take numbers from uh, Binance Future. Uh, and simulate according to that what will happen, you know, in a specific DeFi platform and assets uh, according to different, you know, volatility ratio between the different assets and so on. Um, but that's kind of in a in a high level how we do that. We're not looking at specific user or specific position. We do we do also, um, you know, look at the total positions held held in a protocol and how that will behave. Um, you know, once the price drop is happening. Um, but yeah, you can you can look at you know some of the dashboards of RiskDAO and get you know kind of the the general uh, general data and and the assumptions, the recommendations that eventually we provide um, to the lending platforms, platforms like Gearbox, Investa, and others. That's great. Uh, Sorry, I'm jumping in there, uh, Constantine. If you've got a question um, already lined up. I thought I just might comment on a couple of things there because you're quite right, Eaton. A lot of those matters about solvency and best managing the solvency and the potential risks that lending platforms are exposed to, which are not only volatility of the markets, but also, you know, attacks by um, various actors, including market manipulation attacks and quite potentially malicious oracle attacks. Um, it's it's really good that RiskDAO is taking, a, you know, a leadership role there in establishing uh, a good conscientiousness around the the that whole notion of protection. And um, many platforms desperately need that. Um, and, you know, here at Fringe, I, I don't know how much you know about Fringe, but there's um, uh, quite a number of innovations that we're applying to our platform, particularly in around uh, in relation to this. And I won't go into detail, but 
these, I think you may be familiar with some of these, like liquidations. We have a new liquidation model, which has partial liquidations, which effectively achieve a time-weighted average uh, AMM, a, a TWAM um, uh, um, capability. So liquidations happen over a period of time uh, to allow the market to absorb those. Also, we have auction-based um, auctions or our liquidations are auction-based based on the health factor. So they're not time-based auctions that might exist in certain platforms such as DAI and so forth, but we have health factor-based auctions. So as a position, position becomes more unhealthy or less healthy, it, um, the greater the liquidator reward becomes. So more and more liquidators will be incentivized to action and liquidate that uh, position. Um, uh, and, and you're quite right. There's a lot of nuances around all of this stuff. Um, and we have a new Oracle model, at, and the current design there is to protect or better protect against market attacks. So it dampens the price uh, fluctuations, and we have a long-term twop versus a raw price. And we um, we take either the 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 lowest of that price if we're talking about collateral assets, or the highest of that price if we're talking about capital assets. So there's a number of treatments around there that I think the space that you're operating in is um, uh, requires such attention to detail that it makes it very interesting working in this space. And so you know we're very interested in. For looking more closely at the risk DAO products, uh, particularly now that there's more capital efficient uh, investor or, or, or um, um, liquidity supplier reinvestment of the pools into the lending pool. So all of those are quite interesting, and I think all of that dynamic as it plays out will um, will mean that there's quite a set of opportunities for us to potentially work together on that. Yeah, so definitely we'll be happy to discuss that um, after the spaces. But I think this is very, like, we. I think we keep on forgetting how, you know, eventually young this ecosystem is. Uh, and some, um, I don't know, best practices, uh, which kind of became a habit or became the standard, I think are... Um, or kind of, uh, you know, became the standard very early, sometimes too early. And though there's a lot of innovation, uh, you know, and both Ave and Compound are definitely leading, you know, the um, the lending market uh, space in, in DeFi uh, have evolved and, you know, launched new, um, new versions and keep on kind of uh, shipping new, new models. And I think the whole, like, the last year since... Since Luna and UST, everything kind of became much more risk aware uh, in, in the whole ecosystem from the biggest to the smallest uh, players in uh, in the field. And this is still a very much you know, a blue ocean in many ways. Uh, I think there are a lot of new mechanics, new features, new, new ideas, which are still to be manifested, still to be, you know, to be discussed. Many of them we are not. You know, haven't thought about yet, and keeping everything kind of um, 
I think building in the open is part of that. It's part of that very unique uh, um, um, part of this this magnificent ecosystem that we are all working in. Is that this this enables uh, the innovation of of this space, and I think. Keeping, you know, for us as you know, both as B protocol and Risdao, keep on innovating, finding, you know, what what are the next requirements for the market to actually grow to the next state, to the next stage, um, is basically why we are here, why we, why we are keep on building, you know, during bear markets and and so on. We do believe in this space. We believe, you know, um, the team is kind of, as I mentioned, you know, experienced, been through a lot of cycles, and we see how things that we would just you know, talking about or dreaming about just a few years ago became a reality on 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 the technical level, and I think this is still um, still to be the reality also in in the coming years. You know, I don't I can't and I don't want to just say you know, it's it's three years, it's five years, it's ten years, but definitely there's a a long term uh, vision to be held if we want to succeed in this uh, specific market. We're still I'm early, sorry. even though it's funny yeah, to say that, but we're still early. I'm so with you there. Yeah, you're quite right. It is so early. There are um, uh, the things that ecosystem is learning all the time, um, and there are a number of uh, risks and attacks and or vulnerabilities that have been exposed to date. And over time, also those uh, further vulnerabilities will be exploited or will will come to fruition. I think, and I think some of them are. Uh, you know, in the DeFi ecosystem, it's so wide-ranging, the set of risks that do exist. Um, um, uh, and, yeah, how we deal with those will be... <laughs> the ecosystem is, what would we call it, um, anti-fragile. So as and when these threats come to pass, the, the ecosystem will adapt and build resilience and resistance to those threats. And so it will become stronger over time. And uh, for example, you know, a really good example is Mango Market's attack by RV Eisenberg. Eisenberg, um, yeah, the highly profitable yeah. strategies. <laughs> highly, yeah, highly profitable trading strategy. Well, you know, <laughs> very, very particularly our new Oracle model, um, uh, we in fact, released an article this week about our new Oracle model, and we'll be releasing another one in the next week, which is uh, describes a, a little bit more about why we built this new Oracle model. But it is particularly to address, I mean, within it is to address the particular attack vectors that Eisenberg's mango market attack um, undertook. So I, I you know, this is a really good case, as as you mentioned, where the ecosystem identifies what's happening to it and then adapts accordingly. And you're quite right. Originally, uh, the market was in a state of, you know, relative state of naivety, and perhaps we are now, but uh, that's evolving all the time. And it takes the right kind of focus that, um, you know, um, uh, Ristow is putting into this uh, to help evolve this and mature the market yeah so i totally agree with you yeah i have one one specific question about your risk uh, assessment framework uh, there is a b protocol backstop as a mechanism that 
uh, that helps platforms to prevent insolvency. Can you tell more about how it works and how it is it is different from the already, the mechanisms that are used? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, the, the, the B protocol backstop, as I mentioned earlier, is kind of where we started, um, you know, providing a new liquidation engine um, that is not reliant on, um, on liquidation bots and, you know, which eventually uh, uh, rely on, on DEX liquidity, which is how most liquidations today work. Uh, basically, we took in a way a bit of similar in, in a similar way to how RiskDAO is actually operating, taking some very um, common best practices from uh, from um, traditional finance and from CFI as well, uh, from central finance in crypto, uh, where backstop um, you know is is a, a well known practice. You will find it on most uh, um, uh, exchanges and, and trading platforms where there are usually algo traders who keep um, you know kind of provide the liquidity that is required to clear any. Um, bad positions from from the order book, um, where we all we did was it's it's, no, it's not it's not a small thing, but we took the concept and we made it viable for uh, you know to operate within the DeFi ecosystem. So there are basically a backstop pool where users can provide liquidity, and that liquidity is basically uh, used for um, liquidations, you know, to repay the debt and and um, uh, and and take the collateral partial or, or whole depends on you know the liquidation interface of that specific platform, um, and the whole concept was to provide some kind of a of of a buffer between the dex liquidity, which definitely on on L2s or uh, on new chains uh, can be very thin, and provide some buffer of liquidity in the middle, and basically let anyone. Um, get involved in that in this kind of lucrative uh, uh, business of liquidations as eventually liquidations are a profitable business only very few uh, can enjoy that so you know it's either you operate a bot um, in, in some cases it's even the, the the platform itself the team or the DAO you know kind of uh, uh, operate those liquidation bots and we looked for a way to replace that and kind of democratize uh, um, the way liquidation processes are working in DeFi. Um, so yeah, we automated the whole process, you know, of, re of you know rebalancing the position after the liquidation, which is kind of the main pain point. Um, and yeah, so this is basically how the backstop is is working. Um, we call it the BAM, the backstop AMM. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of a, you know it's a DeFi primitive, um, and and another new kind of building block within the ecosystem that lending platforms can implement to provide a more robust liquid, sorry, liquidation uh, um, mechanic. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have maybe an amateur question regarding that. So sorry, Brian, uh, is it like a common pool? For, for all the protocols that are participating, or is it like a specific one for every protocol? No, so it's currently specific for every protocol, uh, as once you are building a unified pool 
the platforms themselves also kind of share the risk because uh, once there's liquidity there and liquidation is happening, you know, uh, as market conditions have changed, uh, you need to provide the liquidity to different uh, platforms. So definitely that, you know, that's kind of the uh, the end goal, providing some kind of uh, um, you know, unified pool where anyone, you know, any platform can just you know, plug in and enjoy from that liquidity. Um, we're still not there. Um, there are still things to be, you know, to be built, some standards that needs to be made uh, to actually enable that. But um, so currently it's, you know, uh, per protocol. Yeah, Brian, please go on. I was just going to make a comment there that the new model of your backstop that includes that more capital efficient approach, which reinvests the funds deposited into the backstop pool. Yeah, using the C tokens or the A tokens, yeah. Yep, uh, deposits that into the, uh, as a lender onto the lending platform to give the uh, contributors a, a yield in addition to the liquidation reward that they receive. So is yeah. that correct? The way I understand the, yeah, uh, yeah, the contributors will, will receive those two sources of reward, which will be the liquidator reward as well as the uh, the interest or yield earned from lending out those assets. Yeah, we you know we need to realize that you know in definitely in DeFi now maybe it's a bit different you know in the bear market, but you know in the bull market uh, when you know APYs were were crazy and you you need to give some incentive for people to actually lock their liquidity in a pool waiting for liquidation to happen doesn't matter how profitable it is um you know it's still liquidation do not happen all the time so kind of uh we had to look for a solution for how to incentivize those lps um to put their uh their funds into the backstop pool so part of that is definitely you know um um liquidity mining programs that platforms would provide for uh, for LPs in the backstop, um, but also, um, you know, enabling that feature where, you know, the funds that are being deposited in the backstop pool can also uh, be in the market uh, for lending. Um, as there are, um, you know, utilization curves and, you uh, I won't get into the details, but basically, it's still there's uh, there's enough liquidity there. There's a buffer, um, thanks to the utilization curves that are implemented in most platforms that you know keep us this buffer of enough liquidity in the backstop pool um, to have for the liquidations uh, when when they are needed. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be very happy though to discuss also on kind of you know what we're actually building forward because I think this is very relevant. Also, for Brian, you were mentioning, as you know, there are the whole risk perspective of new lending platforms that uh, emerge these days and need to find a way into the public awareness, you know, fighting with a very kind of uh, um, cons consolidated market in many ways, you know, when we're Aave, Compound, you know, the big players uh, are very dominate, dom dominated, uh, you know, dominating the market. Um, and a lot of that is around the risk management. Um, you know, a user needs to feel safe. Uh, you know, when you compare it to a DEX, you know, you just come, you make a swap. Uh, not a lot can go wrong. It's quite a safe environment uh, when when you are using DEXs. 
but for lending, it's different. You know, your uh, um, your engagement with the protocol is usually much longer, uh, and you're exposed to a lot of risks that can happen uh, during that time where you're uh, um, using that that platform. And, and eventually, it, it it evolves into that that uh, I want to be sure as a user that the risk management processes uh, that you know the DAO or the team behind that protocol. Uh, is something I can trust. And that takes time. To build this trust takes time. And uh, because, you know, a new platform needs to show its customers, its future customers, that you know, this is actually something that is worth uh, uh, using and safe enough to use. And what we are trying to take is actually taking this whole risk management process and put it in a way... Um, into a, into a formula in something which can be self-executed. It doesn't need to be uh, taking out, we call it taking out the human factor out of that, you know, because it doesn't really matter if, you know, you're using RiskDAO, uh, Gauntlet, Chaos Labs. Eventually, you know, there is, there are some assumptions. There's uh, people in the middle that take those, you know, either giving the recommendations according to whatever mathematical model or other model that they have. And eventually there's a DAO that, you know, needs to, uh, or a team or anyone that needs to set those risk parameters in place. And users eventually need to trust each of these intersections, you know, that everything is actually uh, done correctly and, you know, in, 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 a good, in a good way. And I'm sure everyone is doing their best, but eventually we're all humans. We do mistakes. Uh, we have biases that make us, you know, do this rather than you know take it and one decision rather than the other, and of course there are a lot of politics within you know the lending market. Uh, if a new asset is to be listed, uh, who's pushing that asset in? Uh, what is the commitment of the DAO to those who are actually requesting this new list, uh, or, um, listed asset, and so on? And what we try to build currently is a way to take everything of that you know simplify it. So just like market makers. Uh, you know, professional market makers might do better than uh, than Uniswap, but eventually Uniswap enables something new, enables anyone to, you know, um, do the swap in a good way, uh, realizing, you know, whatever uh, uh, the market can can offer. And we try to take all the, the risk management uh, in DeFi and try to automate that into something similar to what Uniswap did to market making. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'd be happy to elaborate more if we have time. Yes, definitely, yeah, definitely. a compelling value proposition there. Um, uh, and you're quite right, commoditizing that, uh, the, the risk and turning it into a product is a beautiful offering for the ecosystem because um, uh, ultimately that brings a greater adoption to the overall ecosystem um, and certainly good for the individual platforms that might adopt these and other risk mitigation uh, mechanisms <clears throat> and approaches. But yeah, you're quite right. It's a, it's a great evolution. Over to you, um, Constantine. Yeah, you have mentioned, uh, first of all, thanks for the detailed response to that. Uh, definitely, uh, it's a it's a big shift of removing the middleman like Uniswap is doing in comparison with the market makers. Uh, and you have mentioned uh, like price oracles and 
how, how does RiskDAO actually evaluate collateral risks such as price oracle strength and and all of that? Um, so it's you know it's part of the assumption we do look for uh, you know specific you know uh, there are some standards in the ecosystem that that were made. Um, there isn't there isn't a specific uh, um, you know methodology around you know the the, the price oracles or um, and we see also a prolification of of, of oracles lately um, you know providing different uh, you know, different price feeds and, and so on. Um, so it's it's not one of the main considerations. As I mentioned earlier, we are looking at you know the market condition uh, uh, and simulate whatever you know what what kind of liquidation and how many uh, insolvent uh, cases will happen um, during a specific uh, uh, collapse in the market. You know, if prices drop in in ten percent or in thirty percent. Uh, what will happen? We do a worst day simulation, for example, taking you know what happened in the worst day where it dropped in price. Uh, till today, it's still uh, Black Thursday, uh, March 2020, and we we do the simulation of what will happen to a specific asset with the differences in volatility between those uh, between it and that asset, uh, and try to simulate you know how many liquidations will happen, how liquidators will. Uh, uh, will work. Uh, what will be the price impact on that, and how bad debt? Uh, how much de- bad debt will uh, accrue in in the platform? So it's taking a bit of a different angle than actually looking. At, of course, it's very important, you know, that the price oracle which the platform is using uh, will provide, you know, the correct fits for the whole liquidation uh, process to actually uh, operate. But it's kind of. Uh, less of a focus for us as uh, when we're doing our assessments. That's great. Maybe um, there's a couple of things with our new Oracle models that you guys might be interested in, in understanding more closely, because uh, we certainly think that is a super important aspect of the DeFi ecosystem. And particularly, as I mentioned, to overcome uh, the type of attacks that are undertaken on mango markets. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. And there's like all the long, long tail assets that can't be listed because of issues of, you know, of price oracles. And uh, um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of work that can be can be done on uh, around that angle. Mm. So, so, Brian, do you want to jump in uh, and tell more about the price oracle model? Um, uh, I did allude to some of it before. Um, um, what can I mention? Yeah, it does. Its its current intention is to better protect against market attacks, um, market manipulation attacks, where the attacker can um, manipulate the markets to either inflate or deflate, or artificially inflate or deflate the price of an asset temporarily. Um, we've got a number of controls that uh, help mitigate the risk of that and also to help the market or to help the platform recover uh, once it detects situations like that. Um, We talk a bit about that in an article that we've just released, so I probably won't go into detail because uh, 
there's a few technical details in that document that I think uh, explain it sufficiently. Um, our intention is to release a next version of that also, which will provide protections against malicious oracles. Um, uh, because there's various risks that using an oracle in DeFi represents. And uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, trust placed on oracles that they perform as expected. Um, and if they undertake a retirement attack, that can be quite, or, or if they manipulate prices, that can be quite destructive to a DeFi protocol. So our intention there is to uh, provide some greater protection against that. Um, and, you know, more generally, we've got a number of other approaches there that are looking to minimize risk with regard to oracles. And that is that we're trying to, we're broadening the number of oracles that we can employ. Up until now, we've employed solely Chainlink. And through our new Oracle model, we can now employ other price feeds um, uh, in a reliable manner that um, ensures that we still get a steady and a reliable price to the platform. Um, so, you know, the long... The long and the short of that with regard to price oracles is we're putting quite a lot of uh, thought and focus in uh, at, at building out the capability there and certainly looking at the attacks that have occurred in the ecosystem and using that as driving force to build better protections against those and also better protections against things that we envisage even if they have not happened yet. Um, so that's it at a very high level, but certainly have a look at the, our blog uh, because this week we released an article that describes our price oracles in a bit of detail. So feel free to go have a look at that, people. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I have one more general question about you know lending markets for you, Eden. What do you think is the current state? Uh, or the lending markets and its future, do you think we will soon see the decentralized lending protocols that do not work with over-collateralized model and use other Cs uh, like you know capital, etc. in their risk assessment and their loan assessment? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, it's you know this market is very you know progressing in in, in weird ways, and you can't really you know, uh, um, have a lot of. Uh, I I can't say any wisdom words on that, so I prefer not to. Uh, just you know guesstimate anything. Um, I think what we definitely see, as I mentioned earlier, is the whole ecosystem starts to mature. Um, and I think part of, you know, uh, what Brian was mentioning, you know, all those risk aware perspectives of, you know, building stuff, we do not see anymore, um, you know, platforms, protocols being launched in, you know, um, testing in prod, uh, as, as used to be like two years ago, 
Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of effort is uh, is being put in, you know, actually verifying besides, you know, the old smart contracts audits, which became a standard. You know, very few platforms, if at all, if at all, will launch with no. Uh, audits today, and what basically what we are trying to do now, both with RiskDAO and B Protocol, is to, to take kind of the focus, put the focus also on uh, on economic risk, because economic risk was uh, there are billions were actually uh, vanished in DeFi due to economic risk decision design choices that were made, um, and this is something which is still. Not in the focus, like users uh, started in the last year, I think, to request for more risk-aware development on the economic side of, of things. Um, again, Luna kind of pushed all that uh, over the edge in maybe in a bad way, but helped the whole ecosystem to mature uh, uh, due to that um, in a painful way, but still you know, maturing through that uh, pain. And and I think this is where we are heading to. I think we are going to see a lot of um, new innovations around the way, like we hear a lot about the Oracle-less uh, 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 agenda, which is starting to, you know, to be kind of sp- spread around. Uh, how can we take the Oracles out uh, of of the ecosystem, I think this is a kind of a very you know, long term vision for whoever is going to build on that. Uh, though there are a few like Arjuna Finance and others who are already uh, kind of implementing uh, this approach. Um, so I think there are a lot of innovative things um, around oracles. Uh, how to make them more safe? What can be made to do that? You know. Uh, in, in in a better way, um, not just by taking them out, but you know, actually uh, improving the way the way they work, and the whole perspective on how we can actually, you know, be our own risk manager in a way, uh, like we give people to be their own market maker by using Uniswap. I think this is also something we wanna we wanna see uh, within the lending platform and something that DeFi can actually enable. Um, so yeah, part of that, or maybe mention is this is I think our kind of last things. Uh, we're gonna announce hopefully um, around HCC uh, in two weeks, a bit less than two weeks, um, about our, a new kind of we launching uh, on testnet, but uh, what we call smart LTV, which is a smart uh, smart contract formula that smart contract calculates uh, in an automated way. Uh, a recommended uh, loan-to-value ratio um, according to data feeds that the protocol risk oracle is providing. Um, so you can you know um, follow B protocol and risk DAO um, towards that announcement that will be made in the next two weeks. Um, and we'll be very happy to get feedback uh, on any of that stuff because this is as i mentioned now this is early it's new stuff we are launching that into the market uh looking you know for feedback and you know still in the in the design loop of 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 doing that um and yeah we're here for the long term so um yeah we'll be very happy to to partner with 
any design partners around that to implement new stuff like this. Yeah, that's really interesting. We've um, we've got a, uh, a lending parameter uh, determination model, uh, which includes LTVs and so forth. Uh, we've written a paper on that also, so it might be worthwhile you just having a quick look at our previous uh, blog posts on that. But yeah, we're very interested in your smart LTV uh, and um, what you've done there and what you plan to do there. Um, so is there anything available to look at regarding that offering or will that, that be available once you make the announcement at HCC? No, so you can you can go to B Protocols and Risk Down Medium. There's a lot of uh, content there that people can read. Um, once we will uh, announce that, we will share also some of the you know the contracts themselves, so people can actually look into that. The formula is already out there in the medium and a paper that was uh, released a few weeks ago, so people can already look at that and and, and read and suggest you know uh, um, stuff and and hopefully yeah the next stage will be to start you know integrating. Um, platforms that are still you know we're not expecting anything of that to actually be you know at the at the um, production level so fast these things need to run some time so we can verify you know this is eventually this is risk management we don't want to do anything which is uh, not mature enough to actually have some uh, um, you know you can lose your money eventually uh doing a wrong decisions in the, in the risk management uh assessment process so we we will build that and launch that gradually but definitely looking for uh integrations and and you know trying to build the use cases for that uh how we can actually automate the risk management process within lending platform uh based on you know price not price sorry but risk oracle uh um, feeds so you know the liquidity of an asset the volatility of an asset um, taking all that into consideration when calculating uh, the risk parameters within a platform. So yeah, we'll be. It seems like we have a um, a, a lot of things to discuss. So uh, happy to uh, to set a meeting. <laughs> yes. Okay. Definitely saw that. Saw that over to you, um, Mr. Constantine. Yeah, uh, we had a couple of people here requesting to ask a question. I think that's a proper time for you to do it again. So if you want to ask a question, just make a request and I will invite you to the stage. I've seen Cryptopians DAO was among them. And while we are waiting if someone wants to ask the question. Uh, Ethan, you have mentioned about Smart LTV, but you know, do you want to share some other plans that and products that you're working on and your goals for the next year or something? You're on mute there. Thanks for that. Yeah, I was talking to myself. Um, so uh, definitely, the risk oracle is kind of in the um, you know our main um, focus currently, and the smart LTV 
formula is kind of the first use case to show how uh, how risk related um, feeds can be you know, on chain risk feeds can be used within smart contracts to calculate you know risk parameters uh, down the road. You know definitely we see how this can be implied into whole platforms, uh, kind of rating the risk within a platform, uh, building strategies on top of that and so on. So this is kind of a, it's, it's a long journey. We're starting with you know, small steps, which still takes time when, you know, when you build stuff, uh, new stuff. So um, yeah, definitely an, an exciting, exciting time. They all say, you know, it's a, the bear, bear market is a good time for building. Uh, I have to admit, we're kind of building in both bull market and bear market. Um, and bear market in that sense makes you some kind of, uh, um, you know, helps you focus, uh, lets noise. So it's, uh, it's easier in, in that perspective. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and you have seen a plenty of bear markets already. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it's... Uh, soon yeah right so we don't have a question and i think it's time to wrap it off ryan do we want to add something to that or maybe do you have questions to ethan no i'm good here at the moment it's been great listening to you ethan and to talk about some of those points i look forward to more of it um it's a great journey i think what you guys are doing is fabulous the ecosystem needs it the world needs it so um yes yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for having me. Hmm? Yeah, sorry. I'll going. be last. <laughs> no, I just want to say thanks for the opportunity to discuss this stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of, like, there's a huge educational gap between, uh, you know, how things are operating, what should be, um, you know, what should be the next steps. Uh, I think there's, um, just like with audits, you know, eventually it's the user's, who push the narrative in a way, you know, the requiring specific standards to be built. And I think there's uh, there's still a lot of educational work to be done on the economic uh, risk management uh, perspective for users to actually understand what's hidden in there and to know what to request from the platforms, the protocol that they are uh, interacting with to provide them. Um, so any, you know, any medium like this, like this, these spaces um, for people to actually learn more about this stuff is uh, is super important and valuable. So thanks for uh, giving the stage to this. Yeah, thank you, Eden. Uh, I love what you're doing. How do you add like economic risk evaluation standards into DeFi in addition to the security layer? It was very valuable conversation. Mm -hmm. And you could listen to that podcast, as I have mentioned, on Google, Amazon, Spotify, and YouTube. And see you soon for the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Constantine. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, everyone. See you.